Morning, everyone. Uh, we'd, we'd just like to ask Russ and Mary to stand up. We'd just like to honour you guys. <laughs> They're getting all embarrassed. <laughs> um, I just want to say thank you for the year. Oh, I'm going to get teary. <laughs> the years of input into our lives. And it's not just us, it's, there's so many people. So your leaders here, they've input into so many church plants, pastors. When we planted our church, I doubt we would have probably continued if it wasn't for people, for us and Mary and other people on the team. So I just want to honour you and thank you for that. So, um, yeah, for spurring us on, lifting our hands up when we're weary and inputting into the, the life of the church and into our lives and our son's lives as well. So just want to honour you and thank you. Amen. Amen. Just setting my time clock, so uh, they say a good preacher is a short preach, don't they? Who? <laughs> it's a blessing to be here. Uh, yesterday uh, was a privilege uh, in getting together yesterday morning, and uh, we looked as a team from Melbourne Lights Church. Well, what does it mean to be a uh, the power of a witnessing community? And this morning, uh, for a few minutes, I want to share with you what does it look like to be a prophetic community, a prophetic community. And I love uh, uh, prophecy. I love the gift of prophecy. And I love the fact that we give prophetic words. But I sense in this season that God's calling us in our collective to be a prophetic community into the marketplace to be people who bring the glory of the Lord as, as we experience the glory of the Lord, as we experience something of the Shekinah glory of the Lord, it's never meant for being on a Sunday morning. But what the Holy Spirit does in you, He wants to do it through you. And so it is with the signs and wonders who are for today. In fact, we're seeing so many people respond to the prophetic words of knowledge, signs and wonders in the marketplace. And so today I want to, um, today I want to quickly uh, preach on a passage of scripture that is very special to me and I've just found out it's very special to the life and the beginning of this church. Uh, and it's uh, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, I want to make some points on that. But before I start, I want to just uh, give a prophetic word um, over Launceston. Last Wednesday, uh, we had our corporate prayer meeting and um, and I want to tell you, I did not feel like going to that prayer meeting. I'm an elder in our church and I was tired and exhausted and I didn't feel like going. But the Lord says, I need you to go. So I went there and uh, in the middle of that, the Lord uh, downloaded this prophetic word uh, for the city of Launceston. And I'm going to read it out. I felt this is the word of the Lord. Launceston, oh Launceston, you are mine. You are in my heart and I see you. Launceston, oh Launceston, I love you with an everlasting love. I've never stopped loving you. But now I'm coming with new wine and new oil over your city and it will overflow. I'm bringing a, breath, a fresh breath of the Spirit in you and through you. It will look different. One name, my name, will be on the lips of so many of you in this city. I saw an abandoned 10-pin bowl alley warehouse that was given to you as a place of revival. The Holy Spirit will bowl over, 
sometimes I don't pronounce words too well. Bowl over, old pins. I felt the Holy Spirit says there are 10 10 strongholds are coming down through my agape revival. There are 10 strongholds that are holding this city away from revival. And in this season, I'm going to bowl them over through the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to start by using you, Redemption Hills Church. It's a radical season of lost people and prodigals who are saved and restored with King Jesus. Launceston, I love you. I see you. I'm coming with power. Churches coming together. All night prayers and repentance and worship. One name, one spirit, Jesus Christ. Russ and Mary Doty, you will be playing a pivotal role in this city and in this, uh, in this city and on this new move of God. You have been tested, Russ and Mary, and weighed by the Holy Spirit. And he's found you to be trustworthy to carry the bowl of incense of his Shekinah glory of King Jesus in this season. As you cultivate and host his presence, it will soon spill into homes, marketplace, schools, right through the whole region of Tasmania and into Australia. It will bring unity and transformation, says the Lord. Go to a prayer meeting. You'll never know what happens. Amen to that baby crying. If you've got your Bibles this morning, would you open them up to Ezekiel 37? Ezekiel 37. This is the first sermon, the first chapter 35 years ago that I preached on. So it's very dear to my heart. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. Would you underline middle of the valley? It was full of bones and he led me around amongst them. And behold, there were many, many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. Would you underline that? And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Underline that, please. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to the bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and I will cause your flesh to come upon you and cover uh, cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am Yahweh, the Lord your God. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Please underline that. As I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling or cacophony of the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked and behold, there was sinews on them and the flesh came upon them and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Please underline that. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, to the Ruach of God. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, to the Rafash of God. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain and they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, as he commanded me. And the breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, Judah and Israel together. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. Underline the word hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open their graves 
and raised you from the graves, O my people. I will bring you into the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and raise you from the graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit upon you and you shall live and I will uh, place in you in your land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, I will do it, declares the Lord. I had no idea until this morning driving with Mary that Ezekiel 37 was a word that God had given and many had given at the very birthing five years ago plus of this church. And this came to me um, as I was praying and fasting what the Lord wanted me to preach. So this morning, briefly, I want to speak on uh, five lessons, five lessons from Ezekiel 37. Five lessons about how to be a prophetic community in the marketplace. Number one, the hand of the Lord was upon me, says here. What a picture of intimacy with God. God's calling His church back to intimacy with King Jesus. So our pursuit is not revival. Our pursuit is not unity. Our pursuit is not the gifts of the Spirit and even the fruit of the Spirit. These are manifestations of our pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are people radically who make room for Jesus. The name Jesus is on our lips all the time. People will respond to Jesus, not all that we present about religiosity, but there is something about the name of Jesus. And so it says here, the hand of the Lord was upon him. Ezekiel knew God. And God's calling us to be radical people who know Jesus through His Word and Spirit. Word and Spirit. A prophetic people are people that live intimately in proximity and a fellowship with King Jesus. I love addressing Him as King Jesus. You know, we don't live in a monarchy and Charles respectfully is the monarch over the Commonwealth, but we don't understand really what a monarchy and living in a monarchy. But we are people of a monarchy. We are people submitted to a king and his name is Jesus. We would live very differently, very differently when we understand this idea of kingship, of the kingship of Jesus. Much talk about kingdom, but he is king. He is sovereign. What he says I do, what he says don't do, I don't do. What he likes, I like. What he doesn't like, I don't like. Kingship. And he understood that. A prophetic people never depart from being in the presence of King Jesus. And Johan has preached two phenomenal preachers in this church about cultivating and pursuing the presence of God. John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Konosko is the Greek word to know intimately, to know Him you know, often we talk about him and, do, and, and, and give our spin about him. But what this world outside there need to see Jesus for who he is, the Jesus of the Word of God. Give them Jesus, not Jesus plus something. This revival in Launceston will be marked by our people. So pursuing Jesus plus nothing. Please don't embellish, embellish him. Please don't add your funky theology to that whatever that may be. John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you. There's no more beautiful word in the Bible than the word abide. Abide, to be one with Jesus. Paul says, I want to know Christ. And then the last bit I don't really enjoy in sharing is suffering. But there is suffering. There is suffering. Number two, he brings the prophet into a valley of very dry bones. 
Something hit me when I read this the other day. The bones represent, as I said, the whole house of Israel, Judah and Israel. And it's in the exilic period of the Babylonian conquest. And Ezekiel the prophet was some of the first people to be taken out of his country into, into a different land. This is a nation that had lost all hope in exile. Desperate, broken, hopeless, without a rudder, when death was everywhere. And so the Spirit of God brings him in a valley. He didn't bring him on the mountaintop. We all love to live on the mountaintop, ladies and gentlemen, when the air's rarefied and the blessings are there and things are good. But most of the time, you and I and the world we live in is in the valley. It's in the valley. And so we live in the valley. We see from the valley. Some of you this morning maybe are in the valley. Valley where you feel dry and hopeless, but it's in that place of valley, not looking down in the valley that we prophesy from a different spirit. Instead of the spirit of death, the spirit of life. Instead of desolation, we, spirit, we, we prophesy Jesus. We have the highest rates of suicides, anxiety, depression and everything else right now. On the other side of your obedience, prophesying, John 10.10, 10, I've come that they may have life and life to abundance. A whole society changes around in the valley, in the valley. You might despise being in the valley right now. I want to be on the mountaintop. I wish I had a better husband, a better wife, a better children, a better job, a better everything. But what about if God's saying it's in the valley that I want to use you? See, it's in the valley that people are hurting and we bring Jesus in the valley, in the valley. So he brings him in the valley. And we come with a different spirit. Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God did not give me a spirit, bless you, of fear. There's fear everywhere and anxiety. Up to about seven years ago, I never, ever experienced anxiety and fear. And then all of a sudden, something started to, to work here. And I said, no. This is a demonic spirit. I have the spirit of a living God inside of me. No matter what you're going through, and some of you this morning are in that valley, and I'm being sensitive. I'm going through some heavy stuff. But I want to say Jesus is here today to bring you to the mountaintop. Jesus wants to bring you and you bring people with you. Do you know how it works? One hand on Jesus, watch me. One hand on Jesus and one hand with people with you. And as you walk with Jesus, you it's not your happy party. Woohoo, the glory of the Lord, Shanda Baba. It ain't like that. It's one hand on Jesus and one hand behind me. Come with me as I come after Jesus. Follow me as I follow Christ, Paul said. Thirdly, Ezekiel did not trust what he saw in the natural. He had to see what was on the farthest side of God for these bones to live. God said to him, prophet, can these bones live? I have faced many, 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 many times dead bodies. 15 years working in intensive care. I've helped resuscitate many people and I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of people die before my very eyes. I know what death looks like. I've had some of my very dearest friends take their own lives. And I prayed for hours and hours that God would resurrect him. And so in the natural, we can see death. 
But then he turns around and says, only you know God. I love what he does here. Prophetic people never look in the natural. Always say, God, what's on your heart? Let me see with your eyes. Let me hear with your heart. Prophetic people always ask God, God, let me see. Ezekiel had no hope in that these bones would raise, but his hope was in the Lord. Where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord. And we come with a different hope than the world does. They have no hope. But we have Jesus, the hope of glory. He's changed my life. He died for you. Can I say nobody else will ever, has ever died for you. That's why my hope is in the Lord. It says in Hebrews, He is the anchor. Hope is the anchor of our soul. My faith is anchored in Jesus. Amen? Anchored in Jesus. And so where we're a prophetic community, we bring a hope that they are desperate for. You are anointed to bring the hope of Jesus in a dead society. It's called revival. See, what God does in you, He does through you. And it's always for His glory. Ezekiel was confident in God. A prophetic people don't act or react to what they see. We don't act or react. Don't you love that? It's so easy to prophesy from the natural. I see this, I need to do this. No, 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 no. Prophetic people are always submitted. I want to emphasize this now. I want you to look at me. Everybody awake? Fantastic. Nobody needs a coffee. Hopefully you had it by now. Prophetic people be submitted. Number one, to the Word of God. Never deviate from the Word of God. Submitted to the Spirit of God. And now I'm going to rattle your cage. And Russ will never invite me back. Submitted to the eldership of the church. I've seen a lot of pain. I hang around a lot of prophetic people. But you know, prophetic people have got no issue. Real prophetic people submitted to the leadership and the wisdom of your elders. You know what we do? Can I be naughty with you this morning? I will anyhow. I'm Italian. We make a decision and then ask God to bless it. And if we don't feel the blessing of God, then we ask the elders to bless it. Can I make a suggestion? How about you start with God first and then ask the elders, I'm about to make a decision. I'm sensing this in the Lord. I sense this prophetic thing. What do you think? See, give the eldership wisdom. They don't all have wisdom, but in their togetherness, they're men and women to seek the face of God. But pride says, nah, no way, mate. I don't need to come and see Russ. And then when trouble comes, when you get in a mess, then you ask Russ to come and fix it. I'm being naughty. You might never invite me back, and I get that. But I want to save pain. I love the prophetic gifts, and I love the bride. Let's do it by the blueprint. Here, Ezekiel is utterly submitted. Only you, God, know. Is it lovely? He submitted. You know what? Submission is a great word. It's a great word. I love it. The more you're submitted, the more freedom you have. Right now, I'm on an eldership team with a young man who's 20 years my junior. It's a joy to be submitted to his leadership. A joy. Happens to be their son. But the reason why the Lord sent us to Melbourne Lights Church is because this man is secure. And he is strong, he's a strong leader, but it's a joy to be on his team and Ryan's on his team and we're on his team because he releases us. I say, Matt, what do you think about this trip? What do you think? And it's a joy. 
a joy. Pride and prejudice destroy us from being a prophetic community. Besides many offenses. Oh my goodness, there's too many offenses in the church. And so we decree God's good news. He says, now, sorry, number four. I jumped that bit, got too excited. I need a bit more passion in my life. Number four, in response to the prophet's total trust in God, God in return commands the prophet to open his mouth and speak an oracle of faith and hope to the people of Israel. When we trust God, God trusts us. Try figure. I wouldn't trust you. But God does. He trusts all of us. He trusts us. He says, no, you prophesy. You prophesy in the Valley of Dry Bones. You on Monday morning speak to that situation. You say on Tuesday speak to that situation. You single mother, you speak to that situation. You in the boardroom, you in whatever decision you make, you speak my heart, my oracle into that. Because sometimes we just let go. But God says, when you are dependent on me, I'm going to release you. Isn't that beautiful? It's a prophetic community bringing the glory of the Lord in the marketplace. He's looking for a man and a woman just like you out of a heart of submission and obedience to be his oracle of agape revival. This stuff can change a nation. And it did. It did. It saved Israel. Because Ezekiel was the craziest of all prophets. If you read anything about Ezekiel, he did some weird stuff, man. He had to sleep on his back and eat some funny stuff and do some funny, funky stuff. See, God uses unusual people like me. (laughs) But when it's used for his glory, Catherine Kuhlman, one of my heroes of the faith, said this. If you can take my nothingness for your glory, here it is. If you can take my nothingness. What she's saying, I humble myself. I surrender all. It's the time for the church to surrender to all that Jesus wants to do. And so we speak the voice of God. We decree who King Jesus is in the marketplace. We decree his good news. One minute and 50 seconds, help me, Jesus. We decree and demonstrate the authority of heaven. We thank Jesus and we declare this, that he is the only way, the truth and the life. No other way to the Father but Jesus. Jesus should be on our lips all the time. I get nervous when Jesus is not on the lips of a disciple of Jesus. He needs to just come out. I love Matt's wife, Elodie, for many reasons. One of them is that the name of Jesus is always on her lips, always. She always brings it back to Jesus. My fifth point this morning is this. A prophetic people know that eternal life only comes through the resurrection power of the person, presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Note this in the story. So they all came together. The body was there. Everything was good. And it wasn't moving. Still dead. You can have all the religious practices. You can do all the right thing. But unless the breath of God, the Spirit of the living God, is breathing inside of us, we are dead to religion. We need the fresh breath of God to be the kind of people who are alive for Jesus. I'm 59, 60 this year, and I'm excited about what God wants to do. See, God is not a young God, an old God. He's not a this God or that God. He is God Almighty. And on the other side of your obedience, you are the planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. 
And so the breath of God comes in and then Israel comes alive. When we come here, say, Lord, breathe upon me. Some of us sometimes may need resuscitating. Resuscitating. Some of us are just, yeah, kuna matata. But when we say, when we say, yes, okay, shut up. Shut up. I don't like you. The Spirit of God. But there was no breath. Verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds and breathe. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them and they lived and stood to their feet. When we are a prophetic community and we bring Jesus, we see suicide, depression, anxiety, broken marriages. There's nothing that Jesus can't restore. There's nothing that Jesus can't redeem. There's nothing that Jesus cannot bring new life in. I've been around for a while and I cannot but say I've seen him do miracle after miracle in the most incredible. I've seen murderers, murderers, even recently in New Zealand, Hastings, New Zealand, still some of them in prison who've murdered from one of the most frightening gangs in New Zealand. There was one guy, and I'm allowed to say his name. His name is Nicodemus. He's this tall, and his eye was carved out in a fight by a member of an opposite gang who was sitting in the room. Both saved, both born again, and they love each other. God is a God of revival. Because one man went into prison and breathed the life of Jesus into a prison. And now they're changing community after community. One of the most happened about a month ago in Hastings. One of the most powerful encounters I had for many years. I said, I'm giving myself an English 20, whatever the Lord, until he calls me home, I'm going to do this. The breath of God. Would you stand with me quickly? Actually, don't. I will pray for us in a minute. I will pray for us in a minute to receive something afresh this morning. I think God wants to do something really good. But in the middle of worship, I cried. And the Holy Spirit just gave me a word and something to do. Uh, Are we ready for this? Fantastic. No, I'm not taking my clothes off. (laughs) I can see you people. Maybe I preached too quickly. Isaiah did or or Ezekiel. Ezekiel. See, uh, when revival comes, we honour what God honours, don't we? And as a prophetic community, we are listening all the time. We listen in church. We listen in our marriage. We listen for our children. And so this morning... I just wanted to do something, but I don't think we are quite ready. It's going to happen. So why don't we stand? Let's just stand. And then I'll do that thing. (laughs) It's a dance. No, church, don't leave the building. And if Elvis is here, stay. Why don't we open our hands? And then we're going to, uh, if you want, we're going to pray for some people and invite them forward in a minute. First thing I want to say, all that you heard is Jesus, then I've preached the word this morning. 
If you've never made the Lord Jesus the Lord and Saviour of your life, would you pray this with me right now? Not the Lord of religion, not the Lord of anything, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to invite you to receive Jesus right now. Bless you. Would you pray this with me if you've never received Jesus into your life? Dear Jesus, I receive you in my life this morning. I repent of my sins. I ask that you would forgive me this morning for anything that I've done or I'm doing that is in disobedience to your blueprint for my life. I come to the cross of Jesus, the cross of redemption, and would you wash me clean this morning? I receive your Holy Spirit. Today, I want to be born again. Today, I want to be part of the family of God here at Redemption Hills Church. I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. Fill me, Holy Spirit. I give myself to be an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven here on earth as a disciple of Jesus. If you just prayed that this morning for the first time, would you just lift up your hand? Just lift up your hand and say, yes, Paul, I prayed that this morning. Just thank you so much, man. Just keep it up. Keep it up. Don't look around. We don't need to look around. Anybody else? Anybody say, yes, Lord, I receive you for the first time. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Lord, I pray for the two people who put their hands up for the first time today. Welcome to the family of God. Salvation has come. Salvation has come. And now let's open our hands. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit, for the fresh oil, for the fresh anointing. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. 